You know Bad Baby? Bad, the 17-year-old? Yep, the 17-year-old. Yeah. So you know how she became famous off of Dr. Phil? Like, Cash Me Outside and just, yeah, like, yeah. ridiculous shit? Governor Line? Yeah. What do you think you would get famous for? Oh. Something outwardly like that. What would, like, a phrase? Like, anything. <laughs> anything. anything. I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Me, I think, I'd, I think I would be famous for the guy who thinks that they can do anything but then fails ho- horribly. Because I really do think if you put me in an F1 car, I could do a whole gr- Grand Prix. I'm not, I'm, I'm like, you think I'm being funny? I'm not. Well, this would I be think your, I could do well, it. Well, that would be your obituary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this boy thought he could do it all. Exactly. I think I, could, I think I could score a touchdown in the NFL. I think I could score a point on LeBron. I really do think I could score a point in the NBA too. A point. Hmm. I would... would I I've been failing whole, horribly at it. Would I, I think it would be like something really... Something really mean I say on Twitter to somebody who's like famous. I can see that because I ha- I have I have gotten blocked by like fairly reputable people. It's really funny, like like people who are like very political. Being, it's like they blocked me. Being the most blocked. Being the yes. Being the most. Being blocked. the most blocked man on earth. Honestly, I think that's a kind of an accomplishment. That's what I'm gonna seek out because of all these fucking content creators out there, some of them deserve to be blocked. I'm getting on the Guinness Book of World Records for most blocked man in the world. feet hurt dude same daddy can you rub my feet okay daddy you gotta stop daddy stop it daddy where's rub my, my toes where's, where's my little water spray that i, that I spray shadow with oh, daddy spray oh, me my God. daddy i'm wet <laughs> <laughs> he's flipping it again uh, welcome to episode 26 of hot pocket we are back it's sod this is sherry we went for a delicious br- oh uh, by the happy belated birthday ah thanks man. to sherry hussein thank you 25 years old now yeah i think um I was actually saying this beforehand. I've always kind of felt a little bit older, you know, like up in the up in the dome area, maturity-wise. Yeah. But now I have the age to kind of back it up. So this oh. one does feel, 25 does feel a little different. So we went out for a delicious little brunch. We did. And then we went for ice skating after, and ice skating was, uh, you know, when we got to talk about that. Yeah, you, you guys know when a baby deer is born, and they're just like fresh out the womb, and they try to stand up. Yeah, that was sad. That was sad trying to walk in those. All right, uh, but, okay, look, but baby deer be walking quick, right? <laughs> But did you did you did you walk? Did I fall? Okay. Did I fall? Did you do it properly? Hey, okay, okay. Hey, listen. I will give it to him. The skates were shit. The skates were horrible. The skates. I've gone skating three times in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Come on, the, give me credit. The skates were shit. They weren't tight enough around the ankle. There was no support, which made him look more like a baby deer. I persevered. You that is true. Wish you could do what I did. Uh, so this past week weekend. We've been posting a little bit more on TikTok yeah. and on Instagram Reels. And um, full disclosure, we're usually pretty bad about coming up with a topic before the day of recording. It's very rare. It, it's it honestly something drastic has to happen in yes. the world for us to be like, oh, like the five world. million people need to die in order for us to be like, all right, I need like seventy two hours to like prep for this. Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't happen. Oh, actually, kind of does. But no, it happens all it, the time. yeah, it happens all the time. We're talking about content creation. Yes. It's very a meta episode. It is. Because we're kind of in that in that realm Not now. Not kind too, of, you know. We're we're, we're full we're, fledged in. I'll it, have yeah. you know. My fried taste test. <laughs> got <laughs> over a thousand got views. Got over a thousand views. I'm and then and then I tried to follow suit <laughs> with uh with my little workout video <laughs> that got like thirteen literally like thirteen views <laughs> on TikTok. So yeah, we're talking about content creation, content creators. And it's like a very broad topic. 
and our discussion is going to inevitably be very broad. What we kind of want to look at. So the reason why we're talking about this to begin with is I don't know if you guys know. Obviously, Squid Game. Yes. The the show that got super famous. The Korean is like basically like a Korean um, game show. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. Uh, it was really I don't good. think it's. Oh, you watched it? It was really good. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. And uh, very popular. And then this guy on YouTube, Mr. Beast, who is a multi-billionaire, I think. He's he's insanely rich. You think he's billions? I, I, I've i heard he's actually like a billionaire. I don't know. I don't know. Dude, if he's a billionaire, that's fucking impressive. Or he's like a hundred, multi, no, okay. hundred million. He has fucking millions. bread. He's that's, got that's bread. That's all we can say. Yeah. So he made a um, a real-life squid game and yeah. had actual part. No killing. Yeah, no, no killing, <laughs> no, actually. No killing. Actual participants, they were cash payouts for people. And for the most part, they emulated everything pretty to well, including T. like a set. And so when he released that video he also had a, like a tweet with it and it was very I, I can't I don't think it was tongue-in-cheek I don't think it was sarcastic but basically he said like oh Squid Games took like 10 I, years to make yeah. which I mean even though that's not technically true it's like it took 10 years for it to get like published to basically. get like funding Come to fruition for yeah for the director the idea was there for 10 years so that's, that's not the same as production and then he was like oh it only took me like three weeks to do this which obviously face value one it's like well you took an idea yeah. that took like, obviously it's going to take much less time, and he also and he also made it a point to say, oh, it took them ten years for a hundred and three million yeah. viewers to like views for it. Uh-huh. Our ours took like three four weeks with hundred and ten hundred fifteen yeah. million views. Yeah. Like he made it a point to say, oh, we did it faster and we got more. views. And he specifically said, like, don't tell me the creator economy isn't strong. Yeah, like this is like some proof of like the nobility of the the content created. Yes, ridiculous. And so there's the obvious point about the fact that you're just cribbing something that somebody already made. You literally copied. But then two, and I think this is probably more important, and this is the one that's like less obvious, is that you're stripping everything from the Squid Game, mm-hmm. like what makes it worthwhile as a TV show, as commentary, as anything, to just literally be the game show. Yeah. Like, I understand that people like, like because the game show aspect mm-hmm. is fun, but it's not fundamentally what Squid Game is about. The, the whole thing about Squid Games, I want to make two points. Point number one, I guess the main objective of squid game what the director tried to show was that the rich are just so rich that they just play around with other people yeah that was like the main focus of squid games if you haven't seen it i mean, it, I mean that, like, that's on I you at like that most point most people just know generally speaking like that's what it's exactly about. it's literally about capitalism and it's yeah. about the rich just being rich and using the poor yeah. for their entertainment so there's something ironic about a multi-millionaire bragging about that how he made it so quickly in order to turn a faster profit exactly and that there's like now squid game themed cafes which are just like theming yeah that's my second talking point is that the director of squid games where basically where mr beast what's his name jimmy jimmy something jimmy donaldson i don't know I, whatever mr beast was like oh don't talk about the content creators like we're strong blah 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 one the difference between you and the director is that the, that the director wanted to tell a specific story yeah. and a narrative about society and you proved him right. You literally just took that for your own benefit, for your own gain, to monetize it. Yeah. I mean, sure. Was there a little bit of monetization for um, the director? Of course. That's well, part of the ha- game. You, you're you know playing I mean? in an existing system. Netflix bought the rights, so obviously he got a little bit yeah. of money. But uh, honestly, it, he didn't get like as much money as Netflix earned off of that. No, of course not. No. So that's well, like a second what, What's thing. I mean, speaking of that, like Spotify wrapped. Oh, yeah. What's the figure that gets thrown around? Like for most artists on Spotify, it takes 
couple hundred plays on one of their songs in order to afford a cup of coffee. Yeah. You get cents per play on something. Meanwhile, the CEO of Spotify, who's he's, he's not like a, a musician, doesn't... 3.6 billion? He just does licensing. Yeah. And he makes billions of dollars. I saw a point about that. I saw tweets where someone was like, this is... I forget his name, but this is the CEO. He makes he has a net worth of three point six billion dollars. He owns Spotify. Yeah. Has never written a piece of music before. Yeah. Let's dial in. What is content in the context of I'm a content creator, this is good content, this yeah. is bad. What is good content? I think content does have a real definition. It's basically some something that is marketable via social media and video and music platforms. To then be delivered onto subscribers and consumers. Yeah. That's like, which is still broad in its own terms, but that's also because it includes like clothes. It includes like people Music. making videos of like unboxing videos. That's content right. because it's done on behalf Cleaning of somebody videos. making money and making like brands. Yeah. So you're saying, I mean, I completely agree, mm-hmm. but I think the distinction between your point and what maybe other people like, because if a normal person were to think about it, it's just always oh, just content. It's like just stuff. someone just. Photography is content, you know? People just take pictures, put it out there. That's content. But you're saying that the reality of it is that what really truly makes it content is when when it's out there, it plays into that ecosystem Mm -hmm. of... Creating, doesn't play creating, well yeah, algorithms that are already exactly. established by these giant making companies. money you know putting putting the creator i guess more out there yeah. and and in turn making him or her more money is it good content if you personally think the content is good and interesting and unique or is it good content if it just gets a lot of views and clicks because those things are often mutually not entirely mutually exclusive but more often than not i feel like stuff that's really good is not as like clickbaity. No. Nah. Is not as commonly seen. Absolutely. Because the stuff that's commonly seen by definition has to be like mass marketable and like stripped of anything that's super unique. Yeah. Again, going to the Mr. Beast thing, like of course Mr. Beast Squid Game is gonna do better than the original Squid Game because he wrote you a, took away the heft of it. He rode a title he didn't just you know how people are like, oh he's you know, he's dick riding or he's riding a wave or whatever. Yeah. He rode a tidal wave. Yeah, Squid Games became number one in the nation within like the first week of release. It was mm-hmm. insane, and this yeah. man just like, look what I. It's like, dude, the you, creator economy is really strong. You didn't do anything. Yeah, and we literally looked up the word content on Google, and like this is kind of like a, a silly point, but like it's worth bringing up. Like the usage of the word content, as far as Google can track it, has seen like an exponential increase since the mid 2010s. Yeah, which naturally tracks because it's no longer just being used as like. The previously traditional definitions, yeah, but now also like I'm a content creator. creator yeah. That word gets thrown around so much now. What are you creating? I think the height of it was in 2019. I mean, I kind of just like did a cross reference. I'm YouTube came out early 2000s. You know, Instagram came mm-hmm. out late 2000s and early 2010s, mm-hmm. and then TikTok came out in 2016. So, yeah, but but yeah. the but the shape of like YouTube for YouTube for example is a completely different landscape than it was in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, it's completely, like, completely different. different. Even in the past like 10 years, I distinctly remember the way YouTube was in like 2012, 2013. Yeah, people will often point to like how social media has changed now and how Twitter has changed now yeah. since like 2014, 2015 is completely different. Yeah, so I like this this concept of like new media and content has been a novel creation of the past i would say six seven years yeah and to the point now where people can make entire careers off of it oh yeah i mean people which is what we're trying to do (laughs) yeah basically basically i mean we were having this conversation earlier it's like people literally are leaving their 
normal pathway of like what you're supposed to do, right? Like, yeah. oh, you go to college, you get you get a job, you buy a house. We've we've had this kind of conversation before. Okay, but like traditionally, if you want to be a writer, what would you what would you have to do to be a writer? Yeah, like like oh, on a TV I mean, show, what would you do? You would have to like intern. Mm-hmm. Bring Conan some fucking coffee, yeah. and just fucking pray that Conan notices you. I mean, I'm not diminishing Conan. I really like Conan, but like the idea of you have to go through a specific pathway, and that pathway is like Hollywood, or become a writer, or an mm-hmm. intern for writers who write on for yeah. SNL for different shows. You go to college, you do this, you get work experience, journalist, like communications degrees, and then you go and apply for this stuff. Yeah. Whereas I think one of the positives. Mm-hmm. That being a content creator or YouTube and all these other platforms have created is another means for these people who don't want to do that traditional way, who don't want to go into Hollywood and, you know, suck Harvey Weinstein's dick to <laughs> be somewhere, right? <laughs> like, they, it's like they've kind of reduced, and I say this very lightly, kind of reduced the barriers of entry into that market. Mm. Because it's anyone can really, if you have the talent, if you, got, if you have a mic, which we do. <laughs> if you have hey, a computer, hey. which we you do, can download. You got Audacity, Audacity for hey. free. You got you twelve dollars a month. You, yeah, exactly. You can put your stuff out there, you know, yeah. and see if it gets you anywhere. And like, we didn't have to go through some radio show and mm-hmm. be host at a like, you know, and then build our name through yeah. there and then go solo. We can just enter the market without that. Yeah. Counterpoint to that, though, of course, is that like one, if we use ourselves for example, right? There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts like us mm-hmm. who are insanely small who are and you're right like the the upstart is very minimal yeah but there's almost second to none pretty much none yeah but do we get like the benefit of the views do we get the benefit of anything not really because for the most part like for every like one person who breaks through there's like thousands and thousands of people who aren't you still have that element of like luck and and it's like the content, like what you're talking about, is just I think an extension of the freelance economy. And freelancers have been a thing for a while before content creation. This right. gives them another avenue, and I think it's certainly true. And I think it is inspiring when somebody does, for example, video production right. on YouTube about like whatever topic, right? And eventually they keep at it and they do get picked up and noticed. I, I do think there's a problem with like how many, like for example, kids and middle schoolers think that they see gonna... that and they're like, "Oh, I can do this." Like, no, no, yeah. no, no. You're seeing like the one guy right now who has like 10 million subscribers. There are 80 million channels yeah, out who there. don't have that. But uh, listen, you can say that for a lot of yeah, other But that's true of everything, too. though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just wouldn't like say like that's like content creation is unique in its ability to like help people break through. But the access to making it yeah. is the same for all of them, essentially, right? When they start off. David Dobrik, making those videos, getting millions of views. Someone who doesn't have maybe just a couple thousand viewers, uh, subscribers, right, is essentially doing the same thing yeah. as David Dobrik. Yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan's making a podcast. So are we. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're doing what he's doing. We're doing what we want yeah. to be doing. I, I, maybe I, not into the magnitude uh, of where he is. I, I feel like the magnitude does fundamentally change what it is, right? And fundamentally, like what, the, what all these things are, are attempts to get seen by somebody with the platform so you can get signed on to them. I think that. This world of content creation gives people more access more readily to be able to do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, it no, breaks sure. down that barrier. Sure. If That's they true. make it, they make it. If they don't, they don't. I 
have a very specific sense of humor. I have a very specific, like, way I would like to put out and do my things. And I've made a couple TikToks, right? Mm-hmm. The way I make the TikToks is not the way I would like to present my stuff. Yeah. If I can present the stuff the way I want to and get the same amount of views, I would do that. But I can't. I have to add music. Like I literally have to add music and everything. You have to add like music that's trending. It has to be music that's trending. I have to have captions. The captions probably need to have emojis. For you page. For you page. F- hashtag FYP. Hashtag with FYP with the little smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> so like on some level, it's like it's not helpful or constructive for people to point to. Ind- we're, and we're going to do this though. So we're a little bit hypocrites. Like right. point to individual people who are like making content saying like, oh, they're making such dumb content. Yeah. This is brain dead. All that, And I think all that's true. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's if your livelihood is dependent on this and all that, like you are sim- going to play the game. It's there's a specific way to, to do it. And yes. this kind of what we were what Saad, the, the point Saad made earlier about, you know, good content versus content that gets a lot of views isn't mutually exclusive. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like you just said. A lot of the stuff that, and we kind of turned around on this too. We used to like bag on, like, oh, no, I still TikTok. do. I still I mean, do. We, we, I mean, we're still going to bag on them, yeah. but we're also playing the game yeah. now. And because we want to, you know, maybe we want to go viral on TikTok with one of our TikToks, whatever. Yeah. We have to literally yeah. just have to search up like trending hashtags. We have to play the yeah. game because Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, their algorithm is set for those specific things to pop up first. Mm-hmm. And whether you like it or not, you're going to have to do it. Yeah. Which also goes into um, another talking point about how, like, who's really in control, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it, are you really putting out the content that you want to put out? Yeah. Like, because, you know, a lot of a lot of the, I guess, the grasp and the catch of these young people to these influencers are that, oh, they're doing what they want to do. Uh-huh. Are they really? They're or not. Are the platforms <laughs> still not. Are the platforms yeah. still the boss? Yeah. You know? That, that's why, like... I want to approach that original definition of content I had with a bit more specificity. It's it's something that can be marketed, but you're not the one marketing it. You're marketing on behalf of companies, platforms, YouTube, Google, brands that you have to, uh, and, a deal with. And you better be... Or brands that you want to have a deal with. Sometimes exactly. people like try to position themselves in a way to make themselves palatable. Like, Would it be nice if Gymshark um, was it called, sponsored me? Yeah. yeah, I would probably have to like you would buy their merch first. First, I would have to buy their merch to show that like I'm part of the team and brand yeah. and I'm giving them publicity. And you would have to start making that content. I would just start making that content regularly for yeah. them. You kind of have to do some freelance work ahead of time. Somebody I know got offered a brand ambassadorship for a company. And they basically said, like, we're not going to pay you. You have to put out free content for us, I think, two to four times a month. Mm-hmm. We're using and with these stipulations. Hmm. that's what content is yeah content you're doing it on somebody else's behalf yeah it is very rarely about i think once you get to a certain point you get a little bit more leeway about what you want to do but for most people you you are working on behalf of somebody else you are not unbossed there is this myth about like oh you don't have a boss you have a boss the market is the the market is the boss yeah the point is like you better be damn sure that you think youtube and tiktok and instagram like they're gonna want their product to be top class you know what i mean so if you get to that point they're gonna make sure you make them look good Mm -hmm. they're not gonna they're not gonna let somebody who's like you know diminishing their product and you can't do anything that is bad publicity this kind of reminds me of like something else Uh, i recently found out so for people don't know there's this youtuber named 
Fusitube. He's a Palestinian American. <laughs> yeah, Fusitube. I think he was born. I think he was born here. Um, Probably Yusuf Erekat, and he's actually from like North Virginia. And uh, I recently, because I like sort of used to watch his stuff back in the day, like way way back in the Same day, here. and I didn't realize that his sister Nora Erekat, who I already knew about, I didn't realize they were siblings, is like a well-known legal scholar. A human rights advocate, activist, yeah. um, you know, about Israel and Palestine. Huge on Palestine. Yeah, of course. She's Palestinian. They're all, one of their brothers is like a huge dentist, dentist. in the New Jersey area. Their uncle mm-hmm. was an executive member of the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Which if you've listened to our fir- or to our Palestinian podcast... <laughs> That were they were like the first gov like the, it's not the first actual governing body but the governing body after Israel had you know established their footprint there. And then Yusuf Erekat is out here doing YouTube boxing videos. Just actually kind of as a good leeway into what I kind of wanted to talk about with content creators is that someone like FusiTube and say Lily Singh and Adam Sala, they really rode the wave of their culture. Yeah, got them to notoriety like views, and FusiTube started getting so many views from that pocket of the world, like the Muslim pocket of the world and, and Muslims in the United States, that people couldn't ignore him anymore. So then he entered that space of like, oh, the higher, the upper echelon of YouTubers. And then he kind of never went back to it. Mm-hmm. Which to me, it was a little bit bothersome because you ride that wave, you get, you ride, you know, that content of what got you there. And then when you're in the door, you just switch all, you switch it to like the white people content. Yeah. Because now you're rich. Yeah, now you're rich. But white people content, in quotation marks, is basically, I'm, I'm kind of using it interchangeably with what's trending. Yeah. So you I, I feel like it kind of has to do I, that. I, I don't think we should get hyper-focused on the word white. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff, for example, that gets um, marketed as black or Muslim or anything, right, mm-hmm. is usually either, one, is usually like kind of written by white people to begin right. with, or... It's written by people of those demographics who are trying to get in, who like are like intentionally trying to get into upper echelon. Yeah, you know, like, I, I do want to say like I, I think it does matter to an extent, like the identity and diversity of like con of like, anything in general. Yeah, right. But don't hyper focus on it too much. If the algorithm is like fundamentally flawed and automatically like defers to just selling stuff, yeah, then how much does it really matter if it's Adam Wahid? selling me Nike sneakers versus some white dude. Yeah. How much does it matter if it's a girl in hijab marketing an NFT to me versus a white guy? It's like, you're fucking marketing NFT to me. You're dead to me. Yeah, it's... There, it's that's okay. not liberation. Don't give me that. It, shit. it goes into capitalism once again. Capitalism is diminishing, con- like I guess, quote unquote, content creators. I, I think right? content as it exists now is fundamentally just part of capitalism. I, I don't yeah. think it's like capitalism corrupted i think this is just like an offshoot this is like another brand or arm of capitalism yeah no absolutely it it i guess it takes away and it diminishes the art of it right so you made mention of you know art are yeah. being corrupted or like diminished because of the capitalism. algorithms capitalism like yeah. content creation like the incentive structure changes what art can be yeah. and this kind of leads me into what something i personally feel very strongly about which is this concept of media capture or industry capture mm-hmm. the basic idea is that if you take any kind of form of media like music movies tv video games i think those are pretty much the four big ones 
right? Yeah. Like, not the people making it, but the people making content around it. Right. Like, somebody, if somebody has a film YouTube channel. Right. Somebody has an Instagram where they review makeup. Right. Or whatever, right? Why is it that the most well-known, most well-funded, most clicked-after channels, profiles, and creators have like a relationship with the people that they're talking about and keep in mind these are like critics yeah so they should be like critical of them doesn't mean you hate on them but it just means you're critical of them right why is it that there is like these are all just like fanboys yeah like uh, hardcore fans yeah and, and i'll use one that this is going to be kind of be not a personal attack on you but like you're Bitch. the number <laughs> of like film critics who are just like bend over backwards for marvel mm-hmm. is kind of a problem yeah because they will not they were they are never predisposed to understanding any criticism of marvel movies right because they fundamentally they're just like i'm a marvel fanboy. yeah and then even for like again i watch a lot of video game stuff right mm-hmm. bro if you listen to a review or a, like a panel discussion on like a video game it'll be a video game i play it's like i like it it's got a lot of flaws right the way they talk about it is like they they feel bad for apologizing. They're like, right. oh, I don't want to, you know, enjoy what you enjoy, but I don't. I just kind of didn't like. It. But you know, to each their own. Like they're they're glowing about the the praise, so, but then they don't want to say anything bad. So about where it. does like I get what you're saying because where does the consent come? Or not sorry, not consent. Where does the criticism come yeah. in? Like where is the genuine criticism? Where where can we draw the line? How do we judge? Stuff when so many critics out there are yeah. essentially in bed with these corporations and people and these fundamentally directors. the consumers get their views from the critics exactly. from the channels. The critics are part of that ecosystem that upholds the larger influencers, the larger companies yeah. like Marvel, right? So they kind of prop it up. Yeah, they they build that hype around different movies. Like, oh, this movie is going to be yeah. prime example. Like you mentioned, Marvel. Prime example is Eternals, dude. I <laughs> saw so many raving reviews of yeah. Eternals. Like, this is next level. This is like the height of Marvel. Yeah. Went to watch it. Terrible The movie. most dog shit movie I've seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking. Yeah. Like, like you, you make fun of Marvel about like how most of their movies suck. This movie makes all the other movies look like t- 10 out of 10s. I'm not even joking. That yeah. movie was so bad. Mm-hmm. But the critics were all, because it's yeah. Marvel, because it was going to make money and probably was going to make them money. What would they get from dissing Marvel, mm-hmm. which is Disney, which is the multi-billion dollar conglomerate? Yeah. They, Disney could buy whatever platform they're on and yeah. fire them. I, I don't think you know it's like I mean? quite as like insidious as that. Like, I don't think that the, these critics are literally being like, oh, shit, if I don't say something nice about it, like I'm going to. I think like for the most part, the people who get. Um, I think partly, bro. I think partly. Like, yeah. I don't want to say this doesn't happen at all, but like, I think a lot of it is more so like the people who get rewarded by the algorithms are just the types of people to not be critical of anything to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's because like, oh, it's it's not just about your relationship with the company. It's, it's your relationship to the consumers. Out. Yeah, because you it, want people to continue yeah. to trust you. And what do you What do you think gets more clicks? A in depth critical analysis of like the script and editing of Avengers. Like breaking it down, like why these two plot points don't work in tandem, why X, Y, and Z, and all that. Or, Avengers is so cool, Avengers, wow, wow, Iron Man, did you see that scene? Whoa, right. that's so cool. What do you think gets more clicks? Yeah, the, the, the loud one. The loud one. <laughs> yeah. That's why do you think they like the, the clickbait titles are like that? It's a guy yeah. like screaming into a picture of like Hulk's pecs being like, Hulk did this? Right. Like you're not gonna believe this. Yeah, it's always <laughs> stupid shit like that, and I don't think like part of it. I think it is cynical, like what you said. It's like we have to do this in order to right. like, play the game. I think part of it is also that these algorithms don't 
gonna, I feel bad for saying this. Algorithms re- reward stupid people sometimes. Yeah. Not people who like like I again going to the video game thing. I'm gonna keep using this because it's like for me it's a really good frame of reference. The most interesting discussions or videos I've seen about video games as like an art form have come from much smaller YouTube channels. Right. Which sucks because like these are probably people who have actual jobs because they can't rely on YouTube. They don't put mm-hmm. out enough content or get enough clicks to like rely on as a full-time job. So like that means a lot more if you're taking out that much time to do yeah. something versus somebody who like m- makes like a stable living just off this being like, because yeah, it's really cool. And we use the same 10 talking points like everybody else in the industry. Back to the point. They're part of that ecosystem. They're part of that ecosystem. So they have to... They have to say those things to continue being part of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the guy like you mentioned, small YouTube channel, has a full-time job, doesn't really do, you know, that's not his game. Yeah. That's not his full-time thing. He doesn't have anything to lose or gain from from putting his opinion out there. He's yeah. not part of that ecosystem. So he can be way more truthful yeah. and way more genuine about it. But I think that goes into another point that they are with intent manufacturing these videos it all, I think it all started obviously started with YouTube and stuff, but Vine really went went with it. It, brought it was to like a whole other level, whole another level. Six minute or six second video, mm-hmm. or a couple seconds. I don't know how. Six, six, I think six seconds. Second. Yeah. yeah, six seconds. Tell the story, make it funny. On to the next within yeah. seconds, and you're spending hours there. Even TikTok now, you will spend two hours just laying there watching it. I don't because I don't go on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is brain numbing. Yeah. Content. It is. It is. It's all designed stuff, to be binge watched. It is. I've noticed. I know I just said I don't go on TikTok, but sometimes we make TikTok. <laughs> so I was like on TikTok literally earlier today or yesterday. Their homepage is not like a page. It's just video after just video videos. after yeah. video. And it's I'm sure they curate it based on things they think you like. Yeah. They're made for you just staring at a screen. You not. You're not. You're not like having conscious thoughts. You're just staring at the screen. It's like yeah. it's like the new age MTV kind of yeah. vibe, right? Like where Jersey Shore was on, all these like dumb shows were on, yeah. and you just like sat there and just like turned off your brain and just stared. You know what though? And I've said this before. I don't think I've said this on podcast, but I've said this to you before, or I've said this somewhere before. Vine is like is part of the problem also, but you know what? Vine is so much funnier. And I think that's by design. Yeah. Because like like I'm using TikTok and stuff. I see what and part of it is obviously like algorithm stuff. Like yeah. you have to use music and shit. So like I get that. But Vine, the six second cap is such a good idea mm. because instantly a lot of people are like just kind of barred from making videos because they're not gonna be able to come up with something like witty and, and to do like encompass in six seconds. Again, that what's his name? Adam Vahid dude. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you his his schematic. He takes a premise for an idea, right? It's usually like, for first of all, like all these videos, all these comedy people use the same jokes that have been told like a thousand times constantly. And then there's usually some kind of like... His videos are very repetitive. It's usually some kind of like... Your girlfriend suspect if you're looking at your phone or there's a lot of stuff like right. that. There's there's a, there's lot, a lot of, of like old, a lot yeah. of relationship like old trope stuff. And it's like with him, it's always like repetition. It's like what was it, the mask one on the plane? Right. He's on a plane. Flight attendant asks him to wear a mask. He's eating something. She comes back. He, it's like, oh, when I finish, I'll put it back on. She's like, okay. She comes back. He's eating something new. He's like, oh, I'll do it again. He's having a full-on steak dinner. Yeah, and he's it's, doing it's other like things. it's supposed to it's supposed to be funny because of the escalation, but it's clearly it's like just not funny because you're just doing this five times. Yeah. See, on Vine, that would never happen because you yeah. only got six seconds. Exactly. You got to get to the point immediately. I understand that, and like you had to have some kind of like thoughtful plan to make stuff funny for six seconds. Mm-hmm. But I think that created another genre of comedy 
Like it, yeah. it, it really did take it to another level and really just made it its own thing where it's like, yo, within six seconds, you got to like show your video. Like I'm here, then I'm here, then I'm doing this. And then like the punchline at the end, yeah. right? Like it created a whole nother world of it because mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about comedy before, right? It's like, it's hard to be funny in six seconds. It is. It's very hard it's to be very funny. Hard. It really created like another level yeah. of it. Uh, and I think that level of like, hey, instantly I want to laugh. Mm-hmm. That's what that that's been the blueprint since Vine till now. David Dobrik is one of the most successful YouTubers, right? The vloggers. He doesn't even like make specific like YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's used like I mean, I'm pretty sure he has a nice camera, but his camera work isn't all that. He literally just holds the camera, does fun shit with his friends, um and then just records it. None of his videos are over 5 minutes. It's instant. Mm-hmm. Anything longer is like they they don't want to see it, especially like of the, of that kind of stuff. You know, they just want that instant gratification and instant entertainment. And I think Vine really like took off with it. I think the other thing that needs to be, you know, stated is that a lot of the notice how a lot of the successful content creators are pretty clearly just catering to kids. Oh yeah, that's that's like the thing, which again kind of leads us to the point where like content as an idea is fundamentally about selling stuff because kids are annoying as crap. Yeah, if your son or daughter or niece or nephew would ever see is like a thing that like David Dobrik was doing, it's like what. Well, Mama, what the heck? I want that toy. I want Olaf. Who's the who's the most tech savvy demographic? Children. From now on until the rest of time, it's gonna be the youngest generation that's that's old yeah. enough to have a coherent yeah. thought. And parents want to make their kids happy. They yeah. want to buy them stuff. It makes it very easy. If you're a large grown adult, you're supposed to have a full time. You're supposed to have a life. You're supposed to be working yeah. all this and that. Your time is you have kind disposable of, income. Yeah, disposable income. But your time is limited. You you get home at five six o'clock. You if you're hopping on YouTube and watching that stuff, I mean, all power to you. But damn, son, like go out, go to the gym, go go get some bitches, bro. Um, but yeah, like those kids, all they gotta do, they get out of three three o'clock. It's three o'clock. Three o'clock. <laughs> three, o'clock three o'clock at school. The rest of the day, they're on the internet. So that's who they cater to, you know, David Dobrik. Liza Koshy is another big example for that. Liza, I think, dated Dave, David for a while. Then they broke up. They did one of those cringy breakup videos like where oh my God. they're literally sitting next to each other crying, <laughs> talking about, oh my guys, God. we broke up, but we're going to stay friends. It's like, yo, get out of here with that shit. And they're both crying. And, and the, you know the funniest thing to me, mm-hmm. side point, all of these TikTokers and all this stuff, if you, like, especially with the cringy ones, it makes it more cringy and makes me die inside even more when I think about they're just standing in their room alone in front of a phone <laughs> and just doing all these like cr- like cringy dances, like biting their lips and shit. It's like, bro, you're alone staring yeah. at a device, my man. But Liza Koshy, back to the point, did her thing, got famous on Vine, then hopped over to YouTube, got some notoriety. Most of her, most of her um, audiences were kids. And guess who picked her up? Nickelodeon, one of the biggest, you know, kid movie production, cartoon shit, whatever. Picked her up, put her on different shows, and they made so much money and got her, you know, yeah. she she made bread and got, got herself out there too. So it's, and it's a little bit weird to me too, because some of their content is not kid friendly. 
Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. Like when we say it's like kid, I mean some channels straight up are like kid only yeah. for sure. But I think there's also like this understanding that kids are just watching a lot more stuff and like that's why kids like know a lot more stuff about like yeah. things that like i didn't know when i was 10 or anything yeah when like, Todd was 10 he thought you know babies were dropped off by storks no nah. no nah, he did no nah. you did no nah. i thought <laughs> I'm, <laughs> okay, not gonna, I'm not gonna say what i thought <laughs> people are very puritanical about like oh we have to protect kids from like all this stuff right but then like the the kind of the default for parenting now is like get your kid an ipad oh my god this ipad generation and then just like leave them there like while you do your own thing right it's but then you get upset that now they have access to all they have access they know all the stuff and it's like well why is this stuff out there it's like well because like people trying to sell shit no brother my little cousin when he was like three knew how to open his ipad go to youtube and play a video at three years old or my brother did too dude it's insane yeah what the yeah. fuck, bro? You, you, you are, your life and, and habits and everything do develop based on, like, technology does form personalities. And, oh, yeah. And therein also personalities got kind of inform technology. Like, even for us, like, obviously, we grew up with certain tech, like computers and stuff. Like, right. So, we know that stuff more than our parents. Like, what we think is, like, really obvious to us. It's like, oh, it's like a, it's like you just open and print. Like, that's so easy, mom. <laughs> yeah. And my mom's like, well, I don't understand. When this. you reboot the Wi-Fi, they yeah, think you're some kind of engineer. Yeah, you reboot the Wi-Fi. It's like, ah, like, oh, hit the restart button. <laughs> ah, no. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, like, like content is made for, like, marketing. It's made to sell that stuff. Um, now, all we need to do is figure out how we do that with Hot Pocket Podcast. Yeah. That is the key. Because it's interesting, right? Like podcasts, I don't are feel like are in a different Realm, vein yeah. than like YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Because the thing, obviously, connecting all those those are video formats. There is a visual component to them. Yeah. Why do you think like and also Twitch? Twitch is huge for this stuff too. But then why is like for example Twitter? Twitter does not have the same degree of like contenty creatorness to them. There are content creators on there. Twitter, I think, is like. One of the original forms of of social media, mm-hmm. it really is just about what people are tweeting, right? Even mm-hmm. like you like you said about uh, Vine, six seconds. What was it, like 120 limit? 120 character, character limit? limit. But now it's like 160 or 180 or 240. something. Okay, doubled, 240. Okay, 240. And this is like recently too. But for majority of Twitter's life, it was 120 characters and you just wanted to say whatever. And literally Twitter is like the most different realm of yeah. social media because it's like jokes it's politics yeah. it's it's really funny like twitter, I, I, twitter I think twitter's my favorite yeah. no twitter's easily my favorite yeah. because i think it's the lack of like a visual twitter's the most raw it's the most raw it's there's very little but there is like an attempt to filter stuff yeah of they're, they're slowly trying to do that more and i hate that please don't do that to twitter because twitter's like the one area where i can be like unhinged and exactly stupid. we where, can't say that shit on like on instagram yeah. like tiktok it's like you you gotta be like kind of more cool you gotta play it by the game you yeah. can't just like tweet what you want yeah you yeah, yeah that's the content you can put out yeah. wh- what you want to your followers right yeah. to your friends i wonder stuff. what it is i mean i mean maybe this is a simplistic take but i feel like the fact that most content creators or people are like it's like va- it's like visually aesthetic like it, there's usually pretty people attached to it here's the thing mm-hmm. a perfect perfect analogy is um i don't i don't know when what election this was but it was jfk versus nixon right mm-hmm. when it was the one of the first televised debates they, were, they did a study. People who listened to it on the radio who couldn't see thought that Nixon won the debate. People who watched it on the telly thought that JFK won because 
JFK was a younger, handsomer guy back then. So yeah, it it the visual aspect, the visual appearance and appeal of whatever they're putting out is 110 percent the reason why video stuff, Instagram stuff. Like I mean, Kim Kardashian's not making her money on Twitter. That's true. She's making her video money on Instagram because she's putting that visual of herself out there. Yeah, butt naked. Can't see it. Can't see yeah. it on words, man. Yeah, that's why I feel like content creators are not like as involved in, unless they're already big. Yeah, they're not as involved in like podcasting, for example. Yeah, like once they're big, they'll get a podcast and it'll do well because like they're it, they are Name, who they are. Yeah. But like, there's not as much of an association with like because it's harder to like sell stuff on a podcast unless you're doing like a pre-scripted ad read. But that's different than yeah. like creating a whole video where you talk about the thing for like six seven minutes yeah. by the way guys this episode is actually brought to you by none other than twin flame hoodies so if you have them um go give them a look um there's actually use the promo code sod twin flame to get 20 percent off of twin flame uh, if you don't know what twin flame is uh look it up so that's who we're sponsored by we're gonna fake it till we make it <laughs> i'm gonna flame. kill you <laughs> twin flame and nike i guess <laughs> We're sponsored by Nike, guys. We're sponsored by Nike. If, okay, if you had to have a sponsor, who would it be? Who would it be? Oh, that's that's a good one. Damn, I don't know, man. I would say, damn. Am I being selfish? Probably Jordan Brand, so I could get some Jordans, dog. Because mm. like you want to be sponsored because of what what the benefit for you is, right? Yeah, and it's and it's often not monetary. It's usually like free products. Yeah. Jordan, <laughs> I think that's that'd be fair. pretty nice. That's fair. What about you? If you say some food shit, I'm gonna kick you out of my house. Nah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I can't imagine like any like food stuff being worthwhile enough to like use as my one sponsorship. It'd definitely sportswear. Yeah, something like yeah, exactly Nike or something like that. Something something that's beneficial for us. I feel like if Jordan sponsored you, you wouldn't be getting like the hype releases. That, well, maybe. I mean, nah. If well, I'm not a major athlete, but if like those those major athletes get first dibs, on I, I think just having like good gym clothes in general like on a regular basis would be nice so maybe i would just take gym shorts. you know you know what would be a full completion to this podcast mm. if we got sponsored by hot pocket and we made a specific like we made our own flavor of hot pocket oh my god That'd hot be so pockets <laughs> sponsor us but don't cancel us but don't can, don't sue us actually no you guys are hot pockets one word yeah. we are we are hot pockets. legally there's a distinction you there can't is. get us no i'm untouchable yeah we're not even food by the way Suck so. my <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not saying this oh man so i think that that wraps up this one this was a bit of a free flowing free flowing free moaning yeah oh my god Ooh. <laughs> daddy all right <laughs> daddy Time to go. Daddy, create content in me, daddy. Oh, Lord. It's your son, daddy. Sad. We're going to have to cut. I'm going to cut off Sad's mic. Like, <laughs> like, comment, rate, subscribe, share. Is there anything else? Follow us, man. Follow. Follow on TikTok, Instagram. If you are one of our listeners that is outside of the United States, please let it be known. And if you are not bots, I really would love to know who's listening to us in Brussels and Prague. You've been so eager to bring this up. I want to know so bad. Maybe we should put this in the beginning. I'm telling you, there is like a 79% chance these are bots. If you guys aren't bots, we would honestly, I would love to know who the fuck you guys are. Thor Bjornsson, hit us up. (laughs) Exactly. Or Luvashenko Bachenko. All right, guys, this has been episode 26 of Hot Pocket. We are signing off. Bye-bye.